0: Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life.
1: Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Less
2: than 20 days to go to the Dublin City Marathon. This is the episode to listen to if you want to get your tapering just right. It is one of the most talked about parts of marathon training where you just wind it back in a little bit for the final three weeks of training. It makes perfect sense, but it's not straightforward to do. This is, in fact, our second tapering episode in the space of a year. We did one before the London City Marathon, where Vinnie Mulvey and Sonia joined me to talk about this tricky little balancing act that is tapering. I listened back to that episode, Sonia, before I came on here, and it is... It is so interesting what even one marathon will do for your experience of this. Is tapering, to start with, my first question, is tapering as much about experience than anything else?
0: It is. Tapering is very difficult. And yeah, I should have listened back and see what I say back then when I say the same now or different. But tapering, yeah, it's one of those throwaway words. You're easing back, you're cutting back the miles, you're cutting back. The intensity as you head into the marathon or or any big race that you're getting ready for. Some people taper before every race, so then they're constantly on the we call it deep training. Yeah. So when you're training for a marathon, you try to hold on to your your fitness and your level of endurance for as long as you can. And then you allow yourself to to I suppose pedal backwards and save some energy. But it's not any it's not as easy as do less and sit. You're not exactly kicking back and recovering because all this time leading up, you're putting in a lot of time with the long runs, the sessions, and everything is kind of leading to this massive big effort of a marathon. Then all of a sudden, it's like a contradictory message to the brain. Okay, no, well, we're going to back off here now. We're not going to run mm. the race yet, but we're going to back off. <laughs> and yeah, so you start to get all these weird feelings of, a little bit, what do you call it? You can be a bit lethargic at times because you're so used to being upbeat and getting yourself up for runs. And all your preparation, you're your eating, your sleeping, your hydration, everything is geared through this, to this high level of training. And then all of a sudden you're dropping that level of training. So I suppose, yes, when you have experience from doing it before, you definitely learn from one taper to the next. What yeah. worked, what you like, what you didn't like. And and then you try to adapt and, and change it. And then when you change it, that might not work either. Yeah. So, yeah um, I mean, what do you think? How did you feel? Like, Did you find it difficult the last time? Well, it is. Uh,
2: I I've kept a diary at the time, as you've always advised everybody listening to this, that your diary is your best friend in these situations. I kept pretty detailed notes of what was going on mentally and physically at that time, and all I can think is it's a very different story to where I find myself today, I felt like at that time I was only encountering people who had had a clean run and had no real bumps in the road. And I understood what you and Vinnie had advised me around the head game of it and trying not to think about it too much and just observe whatever uh, structure you're given to take it back to 60% rather than 50%. This time around, I keep bumping into people who cannot wait for the whole thing to be over. (laughs) I I don't know if that's because we were, as you said, a few weeks back, perhaps ready a bit too soon, that sometimes you can start to feel a bit of mental fatigue from the training. And in that way, I feel like some of the taper for me this time is going to be actually mentally getting my head back in the right place. Is it normal to lose some motivation Towards the end of the training, even though you've got all the hay in the barn, you've done all the miles, people are admiring how many miles you've done on Strava, but you're mentally a little exhausted from the grind
1: of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is that, and I'm always trying to tell people this, is that you don't need to start training for the marathon that far out. Like if you start too far out, you're definitely going to get to a point where you'll be thinking, I'm ready to go now. And I can't go now because the race is not for three or four weeks. And so I've mm. got to keep going these week after week. I've got one more long run to go. And you do get a bit tired and drained and you've got to really try to get yourself up for it. And that's when that becomes a little bit of a balancing act as well. Mm. Of, um, you know, I suppose, trying not to get distracted by, I wish I could just do this now. Why do I have to wait (laughs) for the actual date? Um, Because that's the one you signed up for. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the thing is to just stay calm and to stay relaxed and not to... This is a moment in time where you have to just keep the oven door closed and don't keep looking in there to check am I still fit enough? Am I still ready? And just trying to test yourself on every run that you do, every session that you do, you just have to Go with the flow and ideally maybe meet some people and just keep it very low key and don't get too excited too soon.
2: Yeah, in the effort to keep things low key, a few people have noticed that I basically come off Strava or shut down my my Strava in that way. And that really was the thinking. What you just said there was not that I'm retreating and becoming a hermit. It was just less noise and i like oh everybody's very supportive on there and i do think it's one of the anomalies of social media that strava is such a supportive place but i guess i just wanted to do my runs and privately get them done uh, and still have them up there or whatever but uh, i do appreciate all the messages that people have sent going it's everything all right because i was up to this point so keen to put up photos and as much information as possible but it was on your advice to wind things in a little bit and try and if you are having a tough time to just keep it quiet (laughs) So uh, go go through it. It was unavoidable though to do something public because we had this three quarter marathon on Influndalken last Sunday. I recorded a few sights and sounds from the event which I'll give you a listen to now. Here with uh, 2022 Irishman running abroad, club captain Neil Fusco the three-quarters marathon. Neil, how are you feeling?
0: Uh,
3: yeah, good. All recovered. Happy I to- toned it back the other day because body's just said no.
2: Yeah, yeah good. Um, survived the cubicles barely, yeah. survived the backdrop, and we have about three minutes to start. Yeah, I, I won't hold you any longer. So have fun. I- we we'll can chat to you at the end. Thanks, Don't man. See you. See
3: you. We're going to finish it out strong in a minute. Yeah, we got another... What were your observations, Vincent? Um, it's, a, it's actually a really nice course. It was quite busy, but uh, along the Colans Canal this time yeah. of year. It's gorgeous, autumnal yeah. leaves yeah. and everything, it's really nice. Yeah, it was really well organised, it has to be said. And the uh, marshals' encouragement, like if you're ever be- if you're ever marshalling, fucking go for it. Let a few roars because I swear to God it helps. Definitely it? helps, yeah. yeah. It gives, it gives but we're going to gonna get going here. We're going to finish this last five k out and just enjoy
0: yeah. the sun
3: because nice it was Things a perfect home. day for it. Really, yeah, the weather Vinton, spot on massively grateful, Fintan. Yeah, no, Thanks no, no, no. a lot. Yeah, we're go and with Neil Pusco and the family here he took off into the distance on myself and Fintan we didn't see Neil Philsco he took off oh. and here he is Rocky all, all, all <laughs> toweled <laughs> off here Jeez, it was hard work but it was like Neil you ran an ultra of 85k how does that stand to you on a day like that um, more mentally than anything else but um, the, kind of the conditioning of the legs a little bit as well but it's it's very different this is harder this is definitely harder you don't get it's that you don't get your legs to slow down. It's constant, 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 constant repetition on hard surface. So this is, in a, in a way, it's harder, but it definitely helps you mentally. But, um, well, look, Neil, you look in great shape for Dublin. I wish you the very best of luck with your trading from here. And we'll see you on the big day. Indeed, yeah, not long left. we have okay? got a red-faced Yano here, and on here. Are you all right? <laughs> that was pox. Pox, pox is the review. Pucks in what way yeah I've always enjoyed this one no not, it's just me I'm not trained you're not trained yet. Yeah, yeah but look i feel it the exact same way and to be honest with you my full review of this is I got a lot of work to do in the next two weeks I want to give a shout out to best buddy of mine it's his first year running and he passed me on the shoot and he's just awesome that's Carl McGee. first year running first year running and he blissed me on the shoot he's amazing Fair Excuse the language Yeah, yeah no, fair fox Tim Is the only way to describe it I mean yeah. Yeah. Uh, You saw What was beautiful about this race I felt was And Fintan, you testified to this Every type of runner out here oh, yeah. Doing it their own way yeah. uh, like there's, their own race yeah. At their own pace exactly. And happy enough to do it Happy out yeah. Yeah. It's a very unusual Three quarters Like three quarters yeah. Is a very unusual yeah. thing And we were doubling back On each other So you kind of spot people yeah. who, On the second loop yeah you know, it's kind of nice well, uh, together would you recommend it to people though who are trying to build a bit of confidence it's for def- it's definitely something you could build into your double marathon training plan for sure for next year yeah yeah it worked a treat for me last year it worked a treat for me last year so no excuses this year i'm just that's it yeah uh, well tina is here as well she was the race photographer <laughs> what did you what did you what did you see uh, uh, from your vantage? So I saw a lot of people losing their temper at the drink station. Losing their temper? Yeah, I saw a guy kick the bin over. What? Because he missed the drink being put into his hand, and he went over and kicked the bin and left. the Stupid race. bin! He left the race. He walked off. He walked off. I saw a lot of losing their tempers out there today. Really? Yeah, and then a lot of, did this? Yeah, a lot a of great people bike. losing the rag. Yeah, Interesting. People, a lot of people losing the rag. It's so meant to be a bit of crack, lads. Cycling dogs yeah. and stuff but uh, and then i saw lovely runners too yeah it's a lot just, of joy i also noticed that girls run really gracefully. yeah, yeah. whereas yeah. lads are all, oh my god <laughs> a couple of hog goblins running along the amount of burping that took place really? is the highest rate of burping yeah. in any race i've ever been to like neil fusco is responsible for half of them let's be honest uh tina thank you so much as always for coming worry, out tina was worried after killcock <laughs>
2: This was a hell of a race, now has to be said. Have you ever run a three quarters yourself?
0: I haven't. Now, I'm curious, is it (laughs) mainly just people getting ready for Dublin Marathon running this or is there people running it thinking, maybe I'll sign up for Dublin next year?
2: I think uh, maybe a bit of both. Uh, Certainly it did have the real uh, mock exams vibe to it. I know we've used the leaving search analogy quite a bit across the preparation for this. A lot of people going, right, if I can do this, I'll definitely be ready for the the big test. But you know what was the best bit of it? Was nobody knows what time you're meant to run a three quarters marathon in. So there was nobody going, what time are you going for? I, I didn't even know what the pacer balloons were about. We were all just out there doing our own thing, trying our best in the best possible running fashion. So in that way, there was a lovely, there was a lovely release to it. And Vinny had given me this very specific plan, uh, a five kilometer kind of warm up, then run a half marathon pace for the half marathon in between, and then cool down for the final 5K. But you have to say, Sonny, was kind of magical. That <laughs> was that as 5K without that pressure to haul ass to the line in the company of the brilliant Fintan Cunahan, who people will have heard just now really was a special is that again is that something that you've ever done where you do a little warm-up and then a hard effort and then a, a cool down in a in a situation like that
0: i've tried to do it in the park run but i think that's a bit too short to do it mm-hmm. when you're trying to include a session in your park run and it's just too short because people are just running like crazy on around you <laughs> but i can see how in something like a three-quarter marathon if you went in there and you were very disciplined and sticking to your plan. How that would work? So the half marathon section was that at marathon pace, then a little or-
2: faster. We were aiming for mm-hmm. a four forty-five pace. Okay, and yeah, yeah it, it was challenging. It was challenging. I mean, this is the fast lane three quarters. I know there was loads of other ones on around Ireland uh, this weekend. and uh, This one really classed itself as fast. It was designed to allow people to obtain PBs. And I wouldn't say it was totally flat because there was a couple of little drags in there that really felt like they went on for a bit. But uh, it certainly was a confidence builder. And I really got that sense from people that 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 was what they got out of it. Confidence is a thing that I'll need to talk to you and Vinny about later on in the show, because when you've had a knock, and as I said, I keep bumping into people that have had a bit of a knock or had a a low moment in their training for this what's your advice Sonia when you're heading to a taper and you don't really feel like you've earned it because you've had to take an enforced down week like I did
0: yeah I mean it's a bit of a roller coaster isn't it when you're up in that high and you want to stay up there and then you're knocked down pretty quickly. And there's no better place to see that than on Strava. And you see the the highs and the lows of the graph that they show there of your, your progress each week. And when you see that drop off in, you could call it your drop off in form or your drop off in mileage, then I think you can get distracted by that. And that's the big thing is you can just get distracted by something like that. And that's when you need people in your corner, like myself, like Vinny, to ensure you that, listen, it's okay. You've done a lot of work. It's all in there. And sometimes you just need to shuffle things around a little bit differently. And you, you you re-engage and you reset yourself. And at a slightly lower level because now you're coming at it in those final few weeks. So you don't have to feel like you have to get way up the top of the mountain again. You just need to be at a normal level of running you have your routine days structured around the normal week but not necessarily so much or like so far or so intense but just enough to give you the confidence that you can tick the boxes each day and say okay I'm ready for this And just getting out there running a three-quarter marathon you're on your feet for a good amount of time you feel good afterwards and you're like okay I'm ready for that last 10k now Mm yeah
2: let's bring Vinny mulvey onto the live line i know he's waiting for our calls Anya. so let's bring him in and chat about the temptation to cram in these final two weeks
3: talk to Joe. jar on
0: 1850 715 815
2: Vinnie mulvey good afternoon to you great to have you on the line
0: hey guys how you doing we're good, good. Gee, you're sounding very clear there Vinny, today yeah. You're, not in, you're not in the pillow today now, are you?
1: No, I'm in my work here. I'm in my clinic here, and I'm on the laptop this week. So uh, I was on the phone last time. Yeah, so much
2: clearer, um, much, much clearer. And we do need clarity this week, Vinny. Uh, as we've just discussed with Sonia, did the fast lane three-quarters marathon over the weekend. And we were just saying how it's a bit different from London this time in that as much as I was cramming the whole way through in the preparation for London, that there wasn't enough time there. We've had our bump in the road, had a down week if people missed it where I was a bit sick, had an enforced down week after that. How do you deal with a client like me here who doesn't feel like they've really earned their taper? What do you say to them? And how do you get them to avoid the risk of trying to cram in one more session that might actually do more harm than good?
1: uh well first of all i'd say don't be so hard on yourself we we all deserve uh, a taper you know regardless of the bumps in the road i i mean i, I don't know if that's your catholic upbringing guilt coming in there or something <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> um but you you, you we, we all love a bit of suffering i think and whatever but yeah. i you know I, I i i'd say it's very rare for anyone to have a uh you know 16 week clear run at the marathon you're going to have injuries you're going to have sickness um you're going to have personal stuff going on you know family stuff or whatever and you know so i mean regardless of where where you're at with all with your marathon training you have to taper you know yeah you ha- like mm. like it's it, it would be
2: it's a non-negotiable
1: yeah well that that's leading into the next kind of thing you're, you're you're you know of what of people the mistakes they can make you know and and to me that's probably the top mistake is people cramming and saying no i'm just not quite there yet you, you have to and like i i haven't listened to what you guys have been talking about for the last hour or whatever but i assume you were also touching on like you have to trust in your training and trust what you've done and trust your coach and trust you know, trust that you're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. Yeah, we hadn't really got
2: onto that, Sonia. We've only actually been talking for the last 10 minutes. And right. okay. I would, I, Yeah, I brought up with Sonia, though, the last tapering episode we did just before London was it? literally this day itself, 20 days out. And surrender was the word that came up over and over again. Is Vinny capturing that there, Sonia? The, the kind of dropping the rope, stop pulling just drop the rope and accept I have what I have I know what I know the barn can only be full with this much hay for now is is that is that essential
1: here
0: yeah that's uh, like just what we were saying about not opening the door of the oven and checking too too much you just have to have the faith and belief that you've done the work and now you're just in that kind of holding zone and you're spinning around there above Dublin airport and you're waiting to be called down to the start line <laughs> and ready mm. to go. So, you know, you got all that. The work is all done. And this is just about calming the mind and just having faith and belief in, in what you've done and, and you know, in the reward that you're going to get for that. And you have to allow yourself to go out there and claim the reward. And, you know, the price is right. Come on down. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I've
2: I have prepared Vinny for this chat, Sonia, by saying we're going to look for the mistakes, the the errors that you guys have seen people make. Now, we've covered one, which is the cramming. The other, <coughs> the second one would be the uh, checking the oven, maybe going out for a run to see, can I sustain this pace for this length of time? It's It seems so obvious, but all all mistakes are obvious once you've made them, aren't they? When you don't know they're a mistake until you make them. What's the one there outside of that, Vinny, that stands out for you that you see time and time again?
1: A big thing I see is because it's getting closer to the marathon, especially the Dublin marathon, you're going to read a lot more about the marathon in, on social media, you know, um, in the newspaper or whatever it is. And it's very common for people to start kind of just jumping ship a little bit and listening to <laughs> to other people.
2: Yeah. Too many and, voices.
1: Yeah. And, and kind of going, Oh geez, I was reading in the paper. I could do like 10, hundredths the week of the marathon or the week before just to test where I'm at or something, you know, or, or I was reading, I, I was, I was saw another guy on Strava and he was doing like this and that. And, and maybe I'll try that, you know? So I, I, I think it's important to just have one, voice in your head and and stick to that and, and be confident. Like we said there, be confident in your training, but be confident in what you've done and what you're going to do on the day, like, and, and let other people worry about themselves and you worry about you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, even, even the person in the coffee shop, I mean, I remember that myself and our good friend, Ian in the coffee shop and literally a random person, Sonia started telling us, that we were draining all wrong, having met us and spoke to us in the queue for three minutes. (laughs) We were both laughing, mean, That's the real proof of what Vinny's saying. You must have had this throughout your career as well. Just everybody having an idea of what you should be doing. What's the best way to drown that out? How do you get good at lowering that volume?
0: The thing with that is the people who are talking to you like that, they fully believe in what they're doing. So they think, they're so believing and have faith in what they're doing that they think that's the only way. And in a way that's how you need to be is you kind of think, okay, I've got this and I've got the right people telling me what to do. So I don't need to know anymore. And you just have to be very narrow minded and narrow sighted about the path that you're taking when you get to a certain point and put the blinkers on and stop looking around at what everybody else is doing. I mean, yeah, I can remember when I would first turn up at some of these big Grand Prix races and you just start looking around at how other people are warming up and what they're doing. And whenever you saw athletes that are really good, you'd be wondering, what are they doing? Because you think <laughs> if they're that good, they must be doing something special. So you're looking for the secret. What's that thing that they're doing that I don't know about? <laughs> and then well soon you realize that there's no secrets. Everybody just does their own thing and they find what works for them and so you have to find what works for you and you have to stick for it stick to it and not worry about what anybody else is doing thinking oh would I run a few minutes faster if I did that or should I be wearing this or you just have to be as prepared as you can be and believe that yeah. all the preparation you're doing is going to get you to that finish line in one piece and happy so
2: essentially the the challenge isn't turning down the volume on other people's voices. It's turning down the volume on your own, actually your own inner critic or doubter who, who will call into question what you've already done. I do need to loop back around to that in a little bit, guys, but I need to ask you both about the most momentous occurrence in athletics this weekend. Talking, of course, about Kelvin Kiptum smashing the world record for the marathon in Chicago. Did you watch this take place, Sonia?
0: I actually, because I'm so far behind the rest of the world over here in Portland, Oregon, even Chicago is three hours ahead of us. So when I woke up, the first thing I saw was, I saw like the last few minutes of Sivan Hassan winning the women's race. Of course. I was trying to work out what pace or what time she was running as she was like absolutely sprinting down the last 400 meters. So then I had to kind of backtrack and look for the men's result and I could see little things around that there was a world record and just looking for a little bit of footage. So I haven't watched the kind of as the race unfolded. So really just saw the result and, you know, it's never as exciting when you just see the result. Yeah. You kind of need to see the build up to it and how the race pans out. And with something like a marathon, it takes just a few seconds over two hours now, (laughs) you need to have the time to do something like that. And yeah, I haven't had the time to watch it fully, but I think it would be something to do. I mean, very hard to sit and watch it for two hours. Especially after it's taken place. But you could watch bits and pieces of it and and Mm. zip along through it. Um, What was the
2: vibe like in terms of your community there in terms of this achievement? I mean, he's 23 years old. He takes the record down to two hours, 35 seconds in only his second marathon. Is that correct?
0: Third, oh, I think he's third yeah. yeah. It wasn't that long ago that we were having a discussion about, you know, breaking two hours um in a kind of race that was created to do it in a way that was pretty much illegal. It wasn't the norm it wasn't a normal race. It was set up yeah. that Kipchoge did in Vienna yeah. in two thousand and nineteen, I think it was so. What's that, four years ago? And then there was talk, okay, now when is someone going to do this in a normal race without the proper pacemaking? And it's happening sooner than people think. A lot is definitely down to the shoes. I was receiving a few messages this morning and people are saying, oh yeah, but you know, it was Adidas last week, it's Nike this week. The Adidas shoes, you could buy them last week, but apparently the Nike ones, you can't buy them until next year. So there's a little bit of a question mark over that. But then they dug up the rule book and it's no problem to use these type of shoes in races like the Chicago Marathon or the London Marathon or the Dublin Marathon. It's only in a championship race that you're not allowed to use shoes that other people can't buy. So there's kind of a lot of gray area in the shoes at the moment, I think. But Mm. there's also seems to be a lot of springs and Freaking
2: in place and God knows that... what in the shoes. But isn't that mad, any, That the the rushes to the shoes when clearly Kelvin kept him is cut from a different cloth. This is a different kind of marathoner. Isn't that funny that we're immediately going the shoes, the shoes, the shoes? This guy's twenty three years old, and at any other era, surely would be regarded as a freak.
1: Yeah, I I I I I hate to say it, but I'm I'm like this is happening so often now in in from hundred meters all the way up to marathon lately that I'm like, I should be getting more excited about this, but I'm not, you know? And I don't know why that is. I don't know if I'm, is it because of the shoes that I'm like, you know, I'm, oh, you know, the sport has changed. Like I, I kind of equate the changes in the sport in the last, two years to like, I went back and looked at the world records pre-Tartan and like Cinder changed to Tartan in 1967. And I went back and looked at the world records and they changed all the way up from, from the hundred all the way up to the marathon. Like Hmm. you're um, referring to the tracks here for the people that that don't know. Yeah. And, and I, I equate this shift to something like that. Like it's just a monumental shift where I'm like, what am I even watching here? Do you know? (laughs) like Yeah. It's uh, maybe I just, I can't process it or something. I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm just bamboozled by the whole thing. You know, it's, it's like a different sport these days. You know, I Uh, doubt
2: that you're the only person feeling that like Sonia, there, there must be. And I think we've talked about this in terms of your own career, that it must make both of you wonder, holy flip, what would my career have looked like with these advancements uh, on my feet? Are you as bamboozled as Vinny?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very, you always want to be looking forward. You don't tend to look back too much. And a lot of people, they just question it and they just can't relate, I think, to the Mm. sudden change and the dramatic change in times and the, I think the, and a number of people running such fast times across the board in all the track events. And I wonder, where is the line in athletes? Like, what age group don't question it as much as we do? Because we come from a different era. So there's obviously a point along the line. And it's probably where, you know, many athletes don't relate to the history of the sport anymore. They're more involved in, so they don't know anything before social media. They they Mm. don't know the history books because they don't read books. So it's, you know, when things started being recorded online and you just didn't appreciate, I suppose, the records and the names of athletes being actually written down in a book as much as people did in that era of reading books and text. And it used to be this book came out every year. I think it still does. Um, Written... Peter Matthews, um, a great statistician, um, used to write it. Um, it was called the, the An- athletes Athletics Annual every year. And people would like be looking forward to this coming out. And it would have the updated version of all the records. And not just world records, but country records, everything in there. And then they'd pick out a few athletes and talk about them. And I was always curious who's going to be on the cover, who's going to be inside in it it was one of these books that you could just get lost in reading it. Not the same way that you would go to the World Athletics website and, you know, start digging things up. It wasn't the same thing, or it isn't the same thing to do that now as it was when you actually had the book and to be in the the record books. And I Mm. think that whole term of being in the record books is not really as relative now as it used to be. And so it's just a whole change in how we see things or appreciate things. And I just do wonder what, what age athlete is when the line was crossed and we, they see things from a different way. So they don't relate to it as much as we do. Yeah. Maybe they just expect records to be broken all the time. It's just the way mm. it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would relate it to And I, I do tend to bring things back to basketball because it is the sport I know best. Like a three point shot was so rare. It was in the eighties. This was not a shot that was relied upon. And it was seen as a bit of a harebrained idea to shoot one. The three point shot effectively dominates the game. Now it is the game trying to score more threes than your opponent. And you're right. There's a generation of kids that are growing up knowing that a three pointer is a wise shot to take. And the, this is a cultural shift in athletics in just the same way that kids are now expecting the uh, marathon records to be broken once, if not twice a year. Does it make it more entertaining? Does it make it more interesting? Or is it what Sonya says, people are a little bit fatigued by it and can't relate anymore? I oh, know. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't, it's a hard one to answer. You don't even have to look back 20 years, like to get that perspective. Like it's changed even in the last two years, do you mm. know, it, it's crazy. Like, and, and, you know, I, I remember two or three years ago, these shoes were coming out and, um, I, I, I just, you know, you just say, right, that's progress, that's evolution and things move on, but it just keeps changing all the time every year. The powers that be need to be a bit stricter with the shoes. I, I really do. Like I, I think. I I think ultimately it, it it's kind of ruining the sport a little bit because it's devaluing what it means to break a world record. You know, and you know, like you like. And I'm not. I'm not one of these. Oh, rose tinted glasses. It was better in our day and stuff. But. You know, you used to see a world record, and it was so rare. You'd be like, oh, my God, did you watch that? And you'd be going back and re-watching it again and again. Sure, but,
2: yeah. but does it balance out, though, Vinny? Does, does it eventually level off? Oh, like, funny. lots of sports
1: have but, examples of
2: but that's record right, it's breaking it's periods. Yeah.
1: Two, three years ago, I thought, right, this will level out, and then it'll be all relative. You know? It's not happening. It keeps jumping.
2: Yeah, we've got an awful lot more to talk about. I'm sorry to jump in there, guys. I, wanna, I don't want to miss any of this, but I want to save it for our patrons over on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad. It's how you support the show. It's how we make the show. Come on over this week, probably the best week to sign up if you're training for a marathon or if you have an interest in U.S. politics. Marion McKeown is going to dig into what is exactly happening in Israel right now how it affects the election race for 2024, and of course you got Honey ruining our kid, a parenting podcast on a Monday with myself and Tina. That's dropped another big episode this week that you're going to love about violent kids. And what do you do if your kid won't eat? There's a little something, everything over there on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad for the price of a pint each month. And over there in the second half of this show, I'm going to ask Vinny and Sonia about what you can change. They're saying trust in your training, but what can you change in the final 20 days that might give you those marginal gains?
0: One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise.